Hello, welcome to another episode of Real You Real Money. Now, before we begin, I need you all to know that I have this really terrible habit with the podcast where I schedule it in. I really struggle to just write a few notes and go with it, which is weird because I do these lives every Monday in plenty. And that's what today's podcast is based on. And I write a few bullet points and then I go and I'm fine. With the podcast, I end up writing a script. I'm still working on how to do it more quickly. But what happens is I go, oh, I'll just do a few bits. And then I take way too long writing it. And by the time I'm ready to record it, my children are home. And my children are noisy. And I've just gone down and been like, could you maybe just keep your voices down a little bit? They are, well, I should say my children are loud. One of my children is loud. (laughs) And he is bellowing. So if you hear him, it's all right, isn't it? It doesn't matter. But that's what that strange noise is in the background. It's a child playing Minecraft with his brother and over FaceTime with his cousin. Very noisy. Anyway. Like I mentioned, in plenty, every Monday, I do a live. And they are fast becoming like just the most gorgeous way to start off my week. And just really enjoy checking in with everybody. I call them the Monday pep talk. Sometimes there's something that's on my mind, like out of like something out of my business that I'm wanting to talk about. Sometimes they are based on just things that I've been noticing. Sometimes they're based on something someone's posted in the group that I then want to like expand on and talk about. They're awesome. I love them. And in today's, I was talking about a number of things, free sort of lead magnets versus low paid offers, bit of visibility, bit of trust stuff. And I was like, I wanted to take the visibility and the trust piece into the podcast because it's something that has been on my mind anyway for quite a while. And to be honest, I could probably write a course on this, write a book (laughs) on this. Like there's so much to be said. So for some reason, from the very beginning of my business, this element of business really clicked for me. From the beginning of this business, from the beginning of the coaching business. So I've run another online, kind of online. It was a bit a hybrid of in-person and online business before. I think I learned this lesson in that business, which was just around what happens when you get this piece right. So as many of you will know, and I tell this story quite a lot, my business grew really quickly when I started. Like there's a few different reasons, but I do think this was one of the main ones. And so my first year, I reached just shy of like 100 grand. I think it was 94,000. And I think this was one of my most powerful, most impactful superpowers. And I think about that like early Ray and the things that she knew and didn't realize what she knew. Like I used to put it down to naivety and now I realize that actually it was more about being unhindered, more about not knowing, knowing the way I should do it. And so just doing it the way that I could see to do in the moment. And and to be fair, the online business world was less noisy then. This was quite a while ago. There weren't, there were definitely lots of courses around that absolutely were, but it felt more niche. Like COVID obviously blew up people's awareness of a lot of that stuff. And so it just felt more like unknown. It was also brand new to me, this information. So one of the things that I got really, really right straight away was creating genuine connection with my future clients, my audience. 
One of the things I was saying on my live today in plenty was just that I really do see everybody as clients. Like when I'm doing this podcast, I think of it, I know not all of you have bought from me that are listening to this, but I really do think of all of you as not even just future clients, like my clients that yes, one day I suspect, like I do like to have the view that everybody will buy eventually if I'm the right, you know, fit for them. And and if I'm not, why are you still listening? (laughs) You know, like don't be hate listening to this. There's no point in that. That's a waste of your time. So like, if you're listening, then clearly there's something going on there, especially if you're like, this is your, like not your first episode. And so I do love that idea that basically everyone will buy or they will leave. That's what I think. That's a more, that's more than I said in the plenty live this morning. Everyone will buy or they will leave. And both of those things are fine. So I understood, it clicked for me that real connections are what create that trust that allows people to buy. And again, I've told the story a gazillion times of the moment, because I remember the moment this clicked for me was in my previous business, my hypnobirthing business, which is so long ago now, I had small children and I had this Facebook group and I used to do lives and two things happened because I had a smaller baby that wasn't as in need of me doing things like so Gus who is the loud one he started to walk when he was seven months so he was just climbing everything like he would climb up to our table and run round and round and round and he would fall off the edge I was trying to like stop him and he would fall off laugh get back up and carry on he would climb up bookshelves like he this is why people are always like oh my gosh it's amazing that your baby's walking no no it isn't it isn't amazing it's ridiculous he does not have the brain faculties to be walking he doesn't have the sense yet this is not good it was not good so (laughs) at first I had a like when I was running the Facebook group I had either a baby in my tummy or like a sleeping baby because newborn babies sleep a lot not all of them, most of them. And then once he was this active thing that I couldn't stop moving, it was so much harder for me to do a live. Like go on my laptop, I couldn't like do it so easily. And so I remember one time holding my laptop on my hand and doing a live about stuff. And then Stan, my oldest, wasn't at school yet. And so I was doing this live and then they called me in. I'd put them in front of the telly. And they were watching Paw Patrol. And I remember really specifically, maybe it was Octonauts. It was one of those two. And uh, they wanted the channel changed. I'm pretty sure it's Paw Patrol, which is the worst, by the way. Um, But yeah, they wanted to watch it. And they wanted me to to swap the episodes or find them a different episode. And so they called for me in the middle of this live. And I was like, oh, my God. Like all my professional, like I was like still in this world of feeling like I had to be professional. And I was like... I can't style this out. Like if I don't want anyone to know that my kids are watching Paw Patrol and I've just plonked them in front of the telly, I'm going to have to just end the live in the middle and that's going to feel weird. Or, and I thought all of this through very quickly, I'm just going to have to style it out. So I walked through the house with my laptop on my hand and I said, sorry, everybody, just give me a sec while I get the kids into watching their next bit of telly, whatever they want to watch. And I sorted it out and then I just went back into it. And that's one thing, if you're a mum of young kids, you know that you are so good at 
the way we can be interrupted in a conversation, find the thread, get back to it. I could not do that for shit now. <laughs> you interrupt me, I've, it's gone. I've lost it, it's gone. But there's something when I had young kids where I would be, or like really little kids where I'd be like, okay, got that, got that. All right, back in. Because you're constantly like holding all these different things. So straight back into the live and carried on. And from that moment, I started to do those lives like that. And the shift in how people bought from me, responded to me, people started to travel from miles, different counties to work with me because I was showing up in this Facebook group and I wasn't hiding. I wasn't trying to be professional. I was a mum just trying to earn some money, trying to um, communicate this information that I had. I was really passionate about in the best way I could. And it changed the shape of my brain because I understood that what people were connecting with was me. They were trusting me because they were seeing my lack of perfection. It wasn't having the opposite effect, which is what I was worried about that very first time. They were connecting with me as a human being, and it was making them want to pay me, hand over their money in ways that when I was doing what I thought I had to do, when I was being professional and trying to show up in a certain way, which is the way that we've been told we have to, when I was doing that, they weren't so eager. So I accidentally stumbled across this magic of how to create genuine connection with your clients. And it wasn't a swipe file, sort of use these words in a DM. It wasn't a make sure you're doing this kind of content. It was a form of, imperf I mean, I say imperfection. It was just showing my humanity. It wasn't even imperfection. Visibility is a key part of what I'm talking about today. It is a key function of creating this trust. And it's not just about showing your face, although it is as well. I want to be really clear. You were visibility is not all about showing your face and yet the easiest way to be visible is to show your face and being visible in terms of your like your face being visible is not enough visibility on its own I hope that's making sense like I could be visibly me dressed professionally in quote unquote like dressed not as myself and you could see photos of me taken that look like stock images and I'd be being visible. That would be my face, but I wouldn't be being visible. Just a face is not visibility, but true visibility, the easiest way to do that, the quickest way to do that is with your actual face being way of being. And that was another thing of having young kids that this was just an accident. And it was like, you know, almost luck, really, that I didn't have time to write posts. Because babies, if you have a laptop open or a phone, they will just try and grab it. They will just try and shut your laptop down. Being able to type was a privilege I did not have. I could go live. There is one video, and I've talked about this video loads, and maybe one day I'll find it, 
or maybe I'll find it straight after this podcast. I'll forget as soon as we're done. I'll be like, it's ridiculous how quickly my brain loses sight of things that I thought would be a good idea. But <laughs> there is a video of me walking along, doing a live with one kid in the buggy, one kid on a buggy board, walking up a hill because I knew I could balance that. They couldn't try and shut that out. It was a time I could do it. So I was visible because it was shorthand. And I found the lesson I'm implying to you. So you don't have to have kids to find this out. Yay. <laughs> no need for that. Bit extreme, if you ask me. But I found that out so I can impart that to you that it doesn't, the kids bit is like not part of it, really. It's just that it forced me. Somebody who I really like, I say this a lot and I feel like not many of you there are not many people in my life who actually know how hard visibility was for me at first in terms of how I felt about my face, my body, all of it. It was a lot. It was a lot. So it wasn't like I was like, yeah, sure, visibility. Woo-hoo. Let me show that face. It was hard. It was really hard. But it was also incredibly powerful and impactful. So it's not just about showing your face. That on its own does, doesn't really do anything. It's about actually being seen. Having said that, having said that, I want to caveat slightly, because when you first start showing up, it is a process. When you first start being visible, it's a process. And you are not going to be fully yourself at first. So I don't want you going, ah, not being myself, racist, there's no point. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you will forever uncover new layers of who you are. Like I am at the moment uncovering a new layer of of myself that I'm not. And again, this goes into what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Not purposely putting out there, allowing to be seen. And it's subtle to probably people as the outside, outside of me. But it doesn't feel subtle to me. It feels massive to me. So my mantra at the time, when I first started my business, this is my coaching business, was if it doesn't help them to get to know me, I'm not doing it. How does this offer? How does this idea? How does this content? And I think I thought it for every post, every live, definitely every like course or program or anything I was offering was if it doesn't help them to get to know me, I'm not going to do it. If it doesn't help build connection, if it doesn't get help them to get to know who I am, it's a waste of my time. Because when people trust you, they want to buy from you. When they feel like they know you, they want to buy from you. Because they do know. And, and, and if you are being visible as yourself, as we talked about, they do know you you are reducing that risk that so many of us feel. And you genuinely are. We're going to go into that some more. So when I said this in plenty this morning, I said like so many, I was talking about my podcast. And if any of you are sat on starting a podcast, by the way, just do it. There are so many super easy ways to do it now. There really are. And I really recommend it. 
because it gives people such a good chance to really get to know you. Even if you don't want to go the whole hog like I have and do like, we're not that far off 100 episodes now. One of the proudest things in my whole life, apart from my children. But yeah, like even if you just want to do like 10, 20 episodes, it gives people like if I'm considering particularly in the service based world, I'm considering working with someone. I want to hear them on podcasts. I want to have that time to spend with them. And when I mentioned that element of things in Plenty this morning, so many people in the comments were like, I stalked your podcast before I bought Plenty. Like I'd listen to it all. When they do that, when they spend that time with you, it doesn't feel like a risk. Not in the same way. They might be risking themselves on their investment, depending what you offer. There might be a risk of like, can I live up to this? But they're not feeling the same risk in terms of you, the person they're buying from. Building trust in your content and in how you do business is a top money making activity. And I don't see it spoken about much. And yet, when I say that, some of you might instantly feel icky. Wait, am I building trust just to make them pay? And and again, not your fault is your responsibility, but not your fault. Because loads of the bro marketers, loads of that old school way of doing things is like build the, what is it? The no like trust factor. Like it's build trust so that they will buy. And it can feel a bit manipulative, right? How do I make someone trust me? And yet when I'm building a relationship with someone, like a friendship, I don't go, hmm, how do I make them trust me? It's so weird. Do I? Like, no. I show up as myself and I assume I am trustworthy and that they can trust me. I don't need to prove to them And sometimes this can happen. Sometimes people can have um, insecurities going on that can mean that that does, it does feel a bit pushed, this you can trust me thing. But it doesn't, it normally doesn't feel very good when that's happening. So we are so used to manipulation in the online or just not even the online space. Like sometimes I think we give it weight. Well, we let all the other parts of marketing off. We're just so used to being sold to in ways that are manipulative. You know, being a good example of that kind of like in trust or like building trust for the sake of people buying is greenwashing. Like if you package things in certain packaging, people will presume it's more eco and they'll trust your brand more, even without you saying it. If you use words like natural or like, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, there's loads of words that just hint at this trust that isn't there. So we're so used to it that we act like we are these sort of out of our control beings in the situation or elements in the situation. We're so used to manipulation that we forget who we are. The question is not, is it manipulative to build trust with people before they buy? The question is, what are you doing? Because can it be manipulative? Sure, if it's done in in the wrong ways, if it's done in certain ways. But what are you doing? Are you being manipulative? And I know that sometimes it can be like, well, maybe I am. I don't know. 
why are you doing it? Why would you be building trust? What is your intent here? And I'm going to tell you the secret ingredient that is going to mean that you don't have to worry about whether or not you're being manipulative with it. It's like, it's almost like a hack. And I think, again, like I said, this is one of those things that for whatever reason, and I've stepped more and more into it, I just understood from early on in my business. And I don't know why. So this this thing is going to enable you to see, enable you to do this trust building way in a way that feels safe whilst you're building trust with your people. And what that is, is while you're building trust, while you are actively seeking to attract the right people to you, you also want to be actively repelling others. Once you get used to this, <laughs> and I've written down one of my favourite English, British phrases, British phrases. It's a piece of piss. It's a piece of piss. Because you, and I say this with love, you, my dear one, are naturally repellent. <laughs> I mean that about myself too. And that's not because you're awful. And it's not because you're no good. And it's not because no one likes you. It's because we are all, we all naturally repel people all the time. All the time. And yet when it comes to business, we start to be like, hmm? what if someone unsubscribes? What if they unfollow? What if they don't buy? What if they think I'm annoying? What if they don't like the way I say that? They're not, some people are not going to. They are not going to. You don't need, and the lovely thing about this is sometimes when I say like, oh, you need to attract and repel, people are like, oh, okay, that feels like a lot to do. No. In your attracting, you will repel. If you are truly going in and speaking to the people on, on more than a surface level that will love your work, love what you do, love what you offer, you are going to be repelling others. And I think it's interesting. I don't know. I'd love to hear from some product-based businesses on this because I almost feel like it's more obvious. Maybe it's not. But like, no one's ever going to like every shop. And that's okay. That's absolutely fine. And yet we get it into our heads that these people that we've gathered to our audience and we've worked so hard for them, what if we put someone off? They're either going to buy or they're going to go. That's what I want you to remember. Those are their two options. And not that we're going to make them buy, but if they're there, and they're staying, that's their choice. We act like people had no choice but to be on our email lists. There's this wonderful thing called GDPR, which means that they opted in, they consented, they pressed a follow button, they pressed a subscribe button, they can press an unsubscribe button, let them go. Actively try to repel them. We don't want those people anyway. The most unsubscribes, I think this is not true now, but for a long time, the most unsubscribes I've ever had on an email, well, when I mentioned my period, do you think I want a load of people on my list who cannot deal with the idea that I have a period and that I might have the gall to mention it? 
So yeah, you don't need to do anything extra. You actually need to do less in order to repel and attract people. Often when we are trying to appeal to everyone, we're doing a lot more. So in, in actual fact, when we are letting people come to us, we're in that energy of just showing up as, as us with our quirks, with our weird, like I always use weird metaphors or I'll forget words or, you know, all of those different things. Bang on about my fringe for too long. Be boring. All of that stuff, laugh at my own jokes. It would be harder work for me to cover that up than it is for me to let it out. In fact, the energy I want you to embody with all of this is that they come to you. It's a they come to you energy. And often when it comes to our content and our offers, we can have a, I have to get them all in energy. I have to find out what they want. I need to know what the price it is that they will pay. I need to know, like, what do they need? What can I do? And that's not it. That is not it at all. And it's why the message actually of plenty is so powerful, because you do not have to be out there convincing every person to buy because not everyone's going to buy. Not everyone is going to trust you. But when you know that there are plenty of people, you're free to just continue speaking to the ones that you do connect with, speaking to the people that when you put this stuff out there, they, they, they connect with it. I'm sure I've said before that one of the things that I like to do in a social situation, I don't like small talk at all, at all. I find it very uncomfortable. And one of the things that I have observed of myself, the more coaching and therapy I have, the more I'm like, oh, interesting that you do that, Ray. I will, when I meet people, I will overshare in some capacity. And what happens is some people go, oh, you've skipped all of the niceties of, and I, it's a nice overshare. It's not too like horrific, I hope, but I've skipped the niceties of like, what's your job and blah, 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 because I don't really care. That's not true. I do care a bit about jobs, but you know, not to not for the sake of just chatting. I care because I want to get to know that person, not to just exchange what went the sort of phrases and conversations we're meant to exchange. So I'll tend to overshare something. And what I find it does is some people give me a wide berth after it. <laughs> and some people are like, Oh, you're interesting. I want to talk to you. And definitely more people do the wide berth thing, but I'm instantly going into that space and selecting without going, oh, you're the person I want to speak to based on any information, just literally based on connection is how I will find the people to speak to in that social situation, which makes it much easier for me because I find small talk just, I can't even explain. I know that many of you are my people on this. I don't, I don't understand small talk. So you get to set the tone for your business and your content. You do not need to provide your audience with everything they think they want and sometimes that they know they want even. You get to delight them with what they didn't know they wanted. This is the thing when people say, and the most common one actually I think is, what would you pay for this? And I'm always like, 
I don't know. You've given me one sentence. When you sell this, you'll give me a sales page or a picture of this. It's like saying, it's like an artist saying, what would you pay for paint on canvas? I mean, I don't know. Five pounds or 20,000 pounds, depending on what happens with the paint on the canvas, right? So this idea that we can outsource things, like you are the creator here. You are the artist, no matter what your business looks like. And if I said, if an artist comes to me and goes, what should I paint? And I suggest something, like an artist that adores painting portraits and I say paint that grass maybe they're shit at painting grass maybe they feel no love for that at all no excitement and what comes out is not great the best artists have that you come to me I set the tone this is what I want to paint this is what I want to create and they show us what we want because we look at it and it changes the shape of our brain and we're like, wow, I love that. But we didn't necessarily know what we wanted beforehand. And that is the energy that we bring to our businesses with this stuff. That you, you come to me. I create the thing. You build trust with people. And that as well, like I absolutely should say, enables us when we're building that trust then we get to know them so I want to be really clear this isn't about you know never taking any leads from our clients and customers it's not about ignoring their wants and just going for like bulldozing through but there's got to be a give and take in that there's got to be both and actually when you are building genuine connection with your customers and your clients and your audience you tend to know what they're wanting because you're listening and because you care. So you're hearing it and thinking, ah, oh, that sparked an idea. I'd love to talk to them about that. How could I do that with them? Lead with what excites you, what speaks to you and what feels good to you because you're the one who's going to have to deliver it. You're the one who's going to have to create it. You're the one who's going to have to market and sell it they'll be gone. You know, all these polls people do on Instagram, someone's clicked, yes. Ba people base their whole business models off of it. Their pricing structures. That person's not thinking about it as deeply as you are. Believe me, that person has no idea about your overheads. No idea about what you want to make, what money you want to earn, what you need to bring in. You are the point of attraction in your business. You set the tone. And that's why when we do this, we ensure that we're not building trust in a shady way. Because we are equally invested in turning people off as we are on. And I think that's one of those points at which building trust just to sell to people, you're less likely to go, actually, I don't think you're a great fit. Because if you're just building trust and it would be trust in inverted commas as well if you're just doing it to sell 
why would you say no? Like actually the real trust, I mean, that's a very, like very much a trust builder to turn somebody down. I have both turned people, I've had people come on calls wanting to spend like the most you can spend with me and sent them away with a 25 pound offer. And I've had people come on wanting, they wouldn't get on the call for a 25 pound offer, but wanting something more mid range. And I've been like, you know what? I think you could do with the higher thing. Like, and just tell them the truth. And this is what we want, right? We want people to have an easy time as possible choosing who to spend their money with. When we hide, going back to that visibility piece right at the beginning, when we're not showing them who we are, we're actually making it harder for them and for us. Give them the information they need to make a choice. Let them decide. Because a lot of us need a lot of information. And in order to do that, an increasing amount of information, I would say, as the online space has got noisier, as we've been burnt with not making certain decisions for some of us, we want to have that ability to really get to know somebody. And a lot of you listening are not giving people enough information to hang that off of. I'm not sure I am some of the time. So we need to be making, building those really deep connections a daily part of our business practice. It should be baked in and it doesn't need to look like DMing everyone. That's really important. The more you practice showing up as you in every part of your business, in a way, the less work it is because people are at every point of contact with you it builds trust because they're seeing you as the real human that you are and they're connecting with that. And that is incredibly powerful. All right. Thank you for listening. The sales page and stuff is not ready yet, but Real You Real Money is opening up early in February. It doesn't launch till April, but I am going to be opening up this month. So Real You Real Money is my group program. If you are wanting to go deeper on this stuff with me, if you're wanting to transform your relationship with money, really know what it's like to bake the idea of plenty, the philosophy of plenty into your business and into your money making, then maybe one of the six spaces are for you. You can book a call with me. Just send me a DM on Instagram or pop me an email at hey at raydod.co.uk and I'll send you a link and you can pop in and we can chat about it. You'll be hearing much more about that in the coming weeks. But if you want to get in early, do it. All right. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.